0: Welcome back to a special Thanksgiving edition of the Rumcast. We are the podcast that talks exclusively about all things rum related with the people who love and shape it. And when, of course, I say we, I'm referring to myself and none other than Will Hookinga. Will, how's it going over there? How's Thanksgiving for you? Gobble gobble, John. Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing just fine. We're we're gonna we're gonna get to our interview
1: in just a second with with Joe uh who is the product manager for Transcontinental Rum Line, U.S. market coordinator for La Maison and Vellier. Great interview, great guy. And also, I think when when I say uh, you know product manager, brand manager, people mm-hmm. get the idea that like the the job is just marketing or something like that which is right. which is not the case at all like Johan is the guy who is sourcing rum that you drink in those lovely little transcontinental rum line bottles right the colorful labels the ships um, which we talk a lot about with him. So we're going yeah, to get to
0: that. His involvement is not superficial, you would say, right? Exactly. It's, and that's, that's yeah. not to
1: say that people in marketing roles have superficial jobs. Sure. That's not what I'm saying at all. Uh, I'm just saying he's hands on. We, we get into the weeds with Ram and everything. It's a great yeah. conversation. I'm excited to, uh, to get into it. But before we get into that, we're recording this the night before. Thanksgiving. You'll probably be listening to it uh, maybe on your drive home from Thanksgiving as uh, you sort of transition out of your Post Thanksgiving food stupor for our American audiences, um, international audiences. Apologies in advance for the Thanksgiving talk, but I feel like being thankful is something we all can relate. That's to. That's universal. Yeah. Yes. So one thing yeah. we wanted to open the episode with was just sort of like a rum-related Thanksgiving. As we look back and reflect, I feel like we're getting into that sort of ref, you know uh, yes. contemplative part of the year. Mm. You know, fall has arrived. The leaves are changing. Thanksgiving. The holidays Le- are right around changing? the corner. What does that um, look like? Uh, that's Gosh. right. Yeah, you're in Miami. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what. I guess you don't really have fall. It gets like five degrees cooler, maybe, and that's fall. Yeah,
0: it's it's like the coldest it is ever during the year now, and it's like sixty-five degrees here. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, it's it's a time to uh, to yeah to to, to reflect to Re- look yeah. look
1: look a little bit behind before you look forward. Take stock of the year. Um, it's a period of the year I always enjoy. And, yeah, we wanted to kind of share just some things, some rum-related things that we're thankful for. So, I will kick us off if, uh, yeah. if, if you don't mind. No, please um, do. Yeah. I, I really, you know, I was at an event. It was actually uh, Eric K. of Holmes Key was in town mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. an event that was um, done in collaboration with Friends of Rum, Tennessee, at a lovely bar here in Nashville called Chopper. And I was sitting at the bar. I was looking at their back bar, and all of the latest Transcontinental Rum Line releases were right there in a row. There were a bunch of other great releases Rivers Antoine, um, the Barbosa Grogu, uh, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of stuff that two years ago I wouldn't have been able to find anywhere yeah. in this area. And I mean, some of those products didn't exist, but I'm saying like the brands, whatever, this back bar had like completely transformed. And I was kind of looking around the room. I was seeing all these people that I've come to know uh, over the past year or so since this little local rum group has gotten up and running. And I really did just feel like a sense of of gratitude toward mm. everyone mm. who has been Involved in making that happen. So people like uh, Alex Perkins locally, who was really kind of like one of the driving forces behind Friends of ROM. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian Stoner was a big help in, in getting getting it up and running. Andrew Hinton. Uh, who goes by the moniker, the rum Sherpa, um, who somehow manages to snag more <laughs> bottles from all over the country and more samples from all over the world than anyone else that I know. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I should have started naming names cause I'm going to leave out some important people, but like, there's just been so much effort put into building this little, you know, local rum group. And it's really, yeah. it's also translated into like there's literally more great rum in this area than there ever has been before, and more importantly, just like rum people coming together and spending time with one another. it's It's been really cool. And getting to know some of those people, and doing some of those those happy hours at, at Chopper. Also, a shout mm-hmm. out to, to Chopper and just local bars everywhere, because, you know, the past couple of years were so difficult for them. Yep. Nick Thaxton over at Chopper is fantastic. Max, the bartender, all the bartenders at Chopper are great. Max is usually there for all, all of our little events. And just just having that, that communal space to like come together. And yeah, yeah it was just, a great moment and i think that has been the best rum related thing to me all year i mean as as much as i love doing the podcast and and talking to people over zoom and learning Mm -hmm. and everything Mm -hmm. obviously i love all that but when when you get to have those experiences locally with with people around you and your friends and everything and form those relationships it's uh it's great so cheers cheers to rum for bringing us all together cheers to those folks for you know putting in the effort and just like organizing, being persistent um, reaching out and, and talking to the the Kate Perrys of the world and shout out to, to those those folks as well for you know being uh, yeah. putting in the the work to enter these new markets people like Johan too. so um, yeah that is that is my that that's my Thanksgiving reflection here today.
0: It's been nice to see the growth there from afar, from Friends of Rum Tennessee, and how that's come along. And uh, you know, obviously the Florida Rum Society, which we made you know various mentions of on the podcast here, which is really really kicked into high gear this yeah. year as well. So just the the the, the local places. There's Austin, uh, Mike in Austin Rum Society, and California has a few now, and of course New York has the Rumchester Crew. Uh, there's there's so many also people there's the Carolina Rum yes. Society. Yes, um, yeah. My, Mike, Richmond, uh, Mike Unruh, yeah. who was
1: involved with them, was actually at Chopper the last time I was there, and I, I got yep. to meet him. And um, yeah, it's it's uh it's 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 a grassroots movement of rum societies yeah. across the U.S. right now, and it's really cool to see.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. I'll I'll transition into what I'm thankful for as well here by saying it's interesting to see how, I guess, in a way, the pandemic did maybe spur some of that on uh, of, of getting a little bit more local. In, in certain ways and when I say local I still mean you know maybe state or region or area mm-hmm. but not as worldwide as things may have been before uh, or focused in that way yeah and so what what's fun for me and, and what I've really been thankful for is is most recently I finally got back to go to an in-person rum event myself there you go uh, yeah so you know it's been gosh I want to say like two years or just close to yeah. two years since I've last been to an in-person RUM event. I know there have been some other smaller events, but I really haven't been involved in those. Uh, and so this is the first time that I've kind of ventured out back into it and I would have fully agree with what you're saying is it's great to talk to people and to talk to you actually will very thankful for that as well yeah uh, and talk about rum all the time but there's something special about getting together with people in person enjoying company over rum and talking about rum in that forum that is just fun to do so the the event that I went to was the Miami Rum Renaissance Festival it's here in Miami and Coral Gables actually so it's like a stone's throw from my house and uh that's pretty awesome is it is it still at that same building it was at last time the Coral gables yes. women's society yes yeah that uh, was a it cool is. it was a cool little building It's a nice venue uh, and it's in a beautiful little area. And it's, you know, uh, just a, I think a well-produced event. Shout out to uh, Rob Burr and his wife, Robin, who uh, run that. And and it's Conan, like, I think it's its 12th year now, if I remember right. Although it didn't happen last year because of COVID. But uh, I think the 12th time they did it. uh, It's a nice event. It had, you know, I don't know, 30, 40, maybe more tables of different brands and rums from across everywhere. And, And like every rum event I've been to, some of those brands are maybe ones that maybe we're like, eh, we're a little less interested in, and some are very interested in, some Mm -hmm. are well-known to us, some are completely brand new. So what I wanted to focus on as part of being thankful was I'm thankful for being able to go to those type of events and discover... Yeah. new rums that are being made or that are being pulled out to market, which I, I I always love and find fascinating.
1: It's one of the best ways to do it, too, are those events. You know, right. um, you can try a lot of things at once. And again, like you said, a lot of times you're put in front of stuff that maybe you wouldn't have sought out on your own. Exactly. Um, and you have this kind of low stakes environment to be able to try something that, you know, maybe you're skeptical of. and And, and sometimes you're proven right and sometimes you're proven wrong. And it's great.
0: Yeah. And and I think that happened in this case as well. And, you know, one really quick shout out I want to give to somebody that was there that was surprising, to Mm -hmm. your point, is like, maybe something I wouldn't have ventured out on, but did because I was there already and as part of it and actually enjoyed it. Have you heard, Will, of Bombarda Rum? I don't think I have. So, this is a, a multi country sourced blend. Okay. That is sourced. It's from actually a local guy here in Miami. All right. Uh, which I found out only after the fact. But uh, Bombarda rum is something that I, I'm going to be honest with you. I probably would have passed it up on the shelf. Why is that? Um, it's couched in the whole rum pirate type of folklore ma- uh, marketing thing. Okay. Uh, in fact, the bottle, although um, I'm going to tell you, I. I I do appreciate what the bottle looks like, but the bottle looks like a cannon. So, it's like if you turn it on its side, it looks like a cannon. Wow. And Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's very steeped in that sort of thing uh, in terms of that. And it's got a multi-country blend and it's got a big number on the front. Five and eight, I think, is the the years that they have the two bottlings of. And then they had some other ones that are single offerings as well. But, so here, here's the thing. I know that, that that is problematic for maybe a lot of people who listen to this podcast
1: uh, I, and, I, when you send yeah. a bottle shaped like a cannon i'm not gonna lie i'm, I'm already feeling
0: like a little like you're, you're like i don't out. know about this yeah. man <laughs> right and i get it like i i do i i totally get where you're coming from with that because it feels like a lot of times in the history of of rum and what we've picked up on most of the time that's not worth our time those type of things that are couched in that kind of folklore and it's it's less about the the rum inside the bottle and more right. about just selling you a story, right? Yeah. And that's why we're all very weary of going for rums and trying rums that are like that. I think but,
1: also rum drinkers, yeah. like hardcore people who are into it, are kind of well, well m- most of them are sick of, of hearing about pirates. Like every time you bring up rum, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that's part of it as well.
0: Right now, here's here's the interesting thing and the surprising thing about it. What I wanted to kind of go over was I want to congratulate them for a couple of things that they are doing. Okay. One is one is that I mentioned they have a 5-year and an 8-year. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a blend, but those are the least aged parts of the blend, not the most aged parts okay. of the blend. So they're sticking to it's a, you know, the minimum 5 years or the minimum 8 years of the blend. There's no sugar added to it okay. there's no coloring added to it well I, I, again you have to you know i'm taking them on on face value here sure. of course I, I haven't done any hydrometer tests or anything like that but they're very big on also saying that it's part of their mission if you will as well no non-chill filtered and at 43 percent instead of what we usually see with that type of rum being 40 i always appreciate so, the 43 yeah I, I mean i think it's it's something that they're doing that i i think for me number one when i tried it it's good rum Okay. It, it it doesn't taste sugared at all. It's it's is it gonna knock your socks off for crowds that are, you know, used to a lot of Foursquare square and, and home ski offerings and other things that we talk about a lot here? Maybe it doesn't, but it's it's a good rum and it's an honest what it feels like is an honest product, even if it is wrapped in in a cannon bottle. Uh-huh. Well,
1: I think any any product that gives people that sort of honest introduction to rum is always going to to score a few points for me.
0: So I do appreciate that. That's exactly where I was going. I I was I was gonna say exactly the same thing. When I walked out out of that table, what I'm thinking is, you know, this is gonna lead some people to the right place. Right. So they're going to enjoy this as a rum. It's a good rum. It's a, you know, as, as I mentioned, multi-country source blend. I think it's Jamaica and Barbados and Panama and Dominican Republic. They've, it's well balanced. And it's going to bring people into the ideas that we want, which is, okay, we want to be more honest with what our age statements are, just like bourbon and other categories. We want to get the no sugar added and that rum is not always sweet. And, and so I, I, I get why that marketing happens, because let's also be honest... A ton of people go for that. So if Evidently. we can get halfway there with it, with the some of at least some brands are doing that, I think we ought to at least be a little less pretentious about saying, you know what, okay, we don't care for maybe that marketing style, but we understand that at least where they're going with it and they're bringing some people to the right place in terms of some of the other things that we want to change about rum.
1: Sure. I would push back a bit on I don't think it's pretentious to not like pirate rum marketing is maybe something you know yeah, the one well, part that i, I would s- disagree with
0: okay I, and what i would say and to to kind of i think you further- can be
1: pretentious about it but i yep. just think being like man i'm sick of you know pirate imagery and rum i don't think that right. in itself is pretentious
0: right what i was kind of going for more of pretentious is oh that has to be not good okay because it has a marketing story Because it has a theme. And you know, I've told you everything has a marketing story, by the way. Even if the
1: marketing story is we don't
0: have a marketing story. Touche. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that was just a, to me something I was thankful to get back into discovering new rums, and j- that was just one quick example of some others that that I found there. Saint James Agricole unaged was fantastic. Nice, and that's, it even that's, had a screw cap. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, that, and I still loved it. That's that's a rum Agricole that that
1: is not present in this market that I've that I've wanted to get more experience with. So that's yes. that's cool to
0: hear. Yes.
1: Well, it's, I, I think there's a common theme in, in both of our selections, and that it has to do with being around people again, uh, relationships, meeting, experiencing new things together. So I think that'll be a common trend for lots of people uh, as we close out the year. But yeah. with that in mind, should we move along
0: into our transcontinental rum line extravaganza interview? We absolutely should. It's a great one. And I'm, I'm happy uh, to, to have people listen to it. it was a great conversation. You mentioned already, Johan's an awesome guy. And it was a fun conversation to have with him. And I, I really, really enjoy how involved he is in the entire process of things, which is evident.
1: Yeah. And and for me, like, uh, well, first of all, you're gonna get the chance to hear about a few of the upcoming releases that yeah. haven't been announced yet. Yeah. Um, to my knowledge, at least. Uh, He he gave us a little behind-the-scenes tour of some of the new labels that haven't even hit the TTB yet, so that was very fun. And it was also, like, for me, it was really fun to just kind of pick someone's brain who, like, is in that position of sourcing rum from all over the world and deciding, like, what do we want to do next? What do people want right now? What's interesting? Uh, How can we give people something different? And how does the process work? You know, sourcing from distilleries versus sourcing from bulk rum suppliers and stuff like that. So really fun interview. And I'm excited for people to hear it. So uh, let's let's get over to it. here with johan jovello the product manager uh at la maison and vellier for the transcontinental rum line brand which i know many of our we have listeners all over the world but many Mm -hmm. are in the states here and this has been kind of like I don't know. For me, it's been like the year of TCRL. Maybe it's just because it's really kind of entered. I'm in, I'm in Nashville, Tennessee. And so it was like Velier Products just started getting here within the last year or so. And it's just been so exciting to see more of the you know bright, colorful TCRL boxes everywhere I go. So I feel like it's really spreading a lot through the states. And uh, it's an exciting time to talk about it. And uh, it, we're, we're on a Sunday right now. We, we took some coordinating to, to find time to talk together. And I know you're taking some time out of your weekend to talk to us. So, Johan, in your honor, I'm doing something I don't normally do at nine in the morning here in Nashville, but that is actually (laughs) sipping on a little bit of the Australia 2013, which was one of my favorite releases from the past year. Um, So we'll talk about that more, I'm sure. But uh, thanks for being here. And uh, cheers. I'm sure it's been a really busy past year for you.
2: Yes. Uh, so, hello, guys. Uh, hello, Will. Hello, John. Thank you for, for welcoming me. Uh, I'm super thrilled to to participate to this roundcast interview. So, yeah, I'm John Jobelot. I work, I'm working for La Maison for two years and a half right now. And uh, before that, uh, I was working for La Maison de Whisky at one of their uh, retail shops in, uh, in Paris. Oh yeah, I'm a brand product manager for La Maison Vellier, and I'm in charge of uh, transcontinental Rom line, and also Rome of the World, which is uh, another brand which is not now uh, uh, sold in, uh, in the U- U.S.A. I'm, uh, and uh, I'm also doing the all the coordination for the U.S. market. So I'm working really close with uh, with Kate Perry, uh, for instance, which is uh, the U.S. market manager, right? Uh, and I'm uh, doing uh, all the logistics, logistic, a lot of uh, administrative uh, works. Uh, especially to, to help her uh, and Yang, which is uh, uh, our other guy mm-hmm. in, in the US, to, uh, to develop this uh, incredible market. Uh, we have been there for uh, two years and a half. Or so, it was, yeah, because we started in 2018. Yeah, yeah, the, the USA is at the same time a, a great market, a great opportunity, uh, but it's not always uh, easy uh, to, to, to work uh, with you guys.
1: Yeah, it, anytime any time I talk to a, a, a brand, you know, from Europe or something like that, or even from the from the Caribbean as well, and I bring up the U.S. market if they're not mm-hmm. in it yet or they're just starting to get into it, I see them kind of like, you can tell it's like it's a, like it's a challenging, <laughs> yeah, take a deep breath, because <laughs> yeah. um, I know between all the different states and everything, it can be a, a a really big undertaking. But like I said, all of our the 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 Americans in our audience are are really excited that. You and Kate uh, and, and everyone involved are taking on the challenge to to be over here.
0: I feel like there needs to be a rule now for Kate Perry that her name, the longer you... Talk about rum, the more likely it is that Kate Perry's name is going to come up in that conversation. <laughs> you know that rule? That, 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 there has to be a rule there because right, it's, it's kind of like all over the place. It's kind of like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon
1: thing, but it's some <laughs> sort of like Kate six Perry. Six degrees of Kate Perry. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Actually, we ended up getting introduced, Johan, because Kate was coming through Nashville and we had Kate on the show over a year ago, but she was coming through Nashville and was meeting up with um, the distributor here. And, and I came out to the the bar and got to meet her in person for the first time. And I was saying, you know, we, we wanna more we wanna interview some more people from the whole kind of Velier Universe, there's so many different different interesting people and companies and stuff and so she started sending out all the introductions and we got connected um, and so I, I actually I wanted to know, I feel like if you're in Rum and you work with Kate, you have a good Kate Perry story at some point, so maybe mm-hmm. you don't have to get I don't want to put you on the spot now, but if a, yeah. a good Kate Perry story comes to mind we'd love to hear it at some point during the interview today. <laughs>
2: yeah, let me think about it, but uh, yeah, for sure, for sure to be honest, uh, when I met her uh, I, I was working in the uh, retail shop of Plamezanduski. So uh, at the time she she arrived, she just came to, to visit the, sh- the shop. And uh, so I met her, we discussed, talking about rums. But uh, none of us we, we had the idea at the time that we would finish by working together. So uh, it was a, a nice uh, meeting between uh, us and uh, so I'm really happy and really proud now to to be uh, our colleague because yeah, she's so so passionate uh, every time uh, we, we have a meeting, of course we, we speak about uh, uh, work, you know and uh, all our mission, but uh, it always uh, expand to, to general distribution about her. I mean, she, she's so passionate. It's always a, a pleasure to, uh, to to speak with her. And uh, uh, she's doing such a, a great job with Yann in the U.S. I mean, there are only uh, two people and uh, for, for the, the whole market. Right. And, uh, yeah, we, we can tell that for two years and a half, uh, La Maison and Bellier has been growing in uh, the United States. And uh, it, it is uh, especially because of uh, their work. Yeah. Big up to uh, to Kate
1: uh, and yeah. <laughs> but Before we get into TCRL and everything, and I also want to talk about the time you spent working at La Maison du Whisky. People in the audience might not know that you grew up, as I understand, kind of tr- uh, going back and forth between Martinique and France. I think uh, you mentioned it in another interview that your family lives in Martinique. And uh, so, I, I'd love to hear just about growing up in a place that's so known for rum, and in particular, a unique type of rum. When, when I imagine it in my mind, and based on conversation, I haven't been there yet. I'd love to go someday. But anytime I talk to someone about it, rum seems kind of like an omnipresent thing there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious for you, what, what are kind of your early memories of, of rum from growing up in a place like Martinique.
2: To, to be honest, uh, rum uh, has always been present in my life. I, I'm not, uh, it's not to say that I've been drinking rum since uh, I'm a baby. Not to uh, <laughs> yeah, say. Sure, yeah. yeah, it's definitely part of our culture, of our heritage. Uh, my mom is from Martinique and my dad is from Guadeloupe. So mm. I have, you know, both sides of the French uh, West Indies island. And uh, yeah, in the West Indies, it's an uh, integral part of our heritage. I wasn't necessarily aware of it. Uh, when I was younger, because my my journey hasn't been far from linear, uh, I would say. So I grew up yeah between France and martinique. but when i I had to go to Martinique, it was because uh, yeah I wanted to to spend some some time over there. My whole family is living there now my my mom now she's retired uh, she she came back to Martinique uh, five years ago. so yeah I have a, a stronger uh, I have strong link, links with with martinique and and with Guadeloupe. But when I returned uh, to live in Martinique in two thousand sixteen, when I just finished my uh, business school uh, uh, studies, the idea of working in the spirits uh, industry gradually. Emerge, I would say. Mm. At the beginning, uh, if I just wanted to you know. I, I was just uh, taking the car and driving uh, by the island and uh, going to Dicirey, to Dicirey, to Dicirey, because I was just passionate. I was just those were like a museum for for me. Uh, I would mm-hmm. go there just by myself, uh, visiting the Dicirey, talk with the people, try some stuff with uh, moderation, of course, because mm-hmm. I was uh, driving. But yeah, I mean, I didn't. Feel uh, in the first time that I really wanted to to work. To to, to my mind, it, it was just normal. I right. just liked rum, and uh, and when I was uh, doing my, my studies, uh, my business school studies, I, I was bringing back some rum from uh, from my my holidays, and to let my friends uh, discover some uh, uh, agricultural rum because. In fact, for well, what we were drinking in France was like you know the traditional worms with no taste uh, that you just mix with some uh, juice and uh, just to, mm-hmm. to to party, you know. And uh, when I, I let my friends try them, they were like, "Oh, this is unbelievable! I never tried this." And uh, really? uh, I started, you know, to tell them about the history, about uh, the production, and I was like. Okay, in fact, I'm super passionate about uh, of doing this. In fact, uh, maybe, maybe I want to work in, in this field. So uh, as I was saying, when I came back in 2016, when uh, I finished my study, I was just visiting the, the city and I, I, feel, I felt like I, I wanted to, to work in, in, in the realm. I, I didn't know what to do. I just knew that I wanted to work in the in Yeah, I had no experience in spirits. And finally, in early 2018, I started at, at La Maison Whisky as a spirits vendor in uh, one of their two uh, Parisian uh, uh, retail shops. And one year and three months later, I joined the La Maison Vellier global team. And uh, I had the opportunity you know, to 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 become deeper involved in, in the production management. If four years ago you would told me that I would work for La Maison Villiers and uh, doing some brand sourcing, some uh, product development, I would have not believed. it. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea that uh, this would come true. Uh, and I I believe that I knew rum because I was like, okay, I'm from Martinique and Guadeloupe. Of course, I, I know rum. Uh, Agricultural rum, this is the best. This is the only rum that uh, uh, exists. And uh, don't, tell me about the other rum because <laughs> the sex yeah and okay then i discovered the jamaican rum the Clérin, uh, the grog have some so different rum especially because i was working uh, at this uh, retail shop and you know we you know we, we we have a bar upstairs for for the, the clients the customers and uh with a lot of open bottles so you can try them uh all day long uh you can uh, smell them you can you can taste them and this is why uh, i just even more f- Fall in love with, with rum. I mean, I, I still do love agricultural rums, but now I just know that there is so much more, and uh, yeah. that yeah. behind the, the world rum, there is such a great diversity. And uh, this is why I like to, to work at La Maison Envirier, and, and especially uh, on a brand like a uh, transcontinental rum line, because my main goal now is, you know, to to be able to to offer to 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 our customers the whole diversity that you can find in, in the rum. Uh, Right,
0: it's kind of like you have an opportunity where you 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 started, like you said. I I love the idea that in Martinique, it's like rum is just kind of kind of a part of life there. It's it's an accepted thing, and then you go back to France and you're having to introduce people to this idea of good rum. And so it sounds like you found that platform to do that in in the shop La Maison du Whisky uh, at a bigger level, and then through that experience, now you're getting to share that with the world through the transcontinental rum line, right? And, and, and through La Maison Velier. So before we get too far along with it, I, I do think most people listening to this podcast will know about the transcontinental rum line already. But for those that might be less familiar with it as well, can you talk a little bit more about that transcontinental yes. rum line and how <laughs> that got started? And, and also, a- after you talk about its inception, how, how has it evolved since then?
2: So transcontinental, transcontinental rum line, excuse me, was created in 2016. At the time, it was for the 60th uh, anniversary of, uh, of La Maison de whiskey. So far, La, La Maison de Whisky, they, they didn't have any rum brand, uh, independent rum brand. They already have uh, some whiskey uh, independent bottling, such as uh, Artist, uh, artists Collective. Artist is coming in the U.S. Uh, by the end of the year. But I mean, oh, it's a cool. different topic. Yeah. It's whiskey but yeah, you're gonna get some some uh, artists in the uh, cask within a, a few months. And so they, they didn't have any uh, rum brand at the time. Um, La Maison du Whisky and Villiers they were already uh, they they already had some relationships, and uh, I guess that yeah, maybe Luca advised uh, Thierry on, on it, and so they decided to to create the transcontinental rum line. But from the beginning, uh, the idea was not to to uh, to do something uh, similar to uh, the Villiers Vellier, uh, Villiers rum. For instance, the transcontinental rum line will include both tropical and continental age rum. Mm-hmm. When uh, the value stuff is always uh, 100% uh, tropical uh, age. Aged
0: at origin, uh, yeah. So
2: the idea uh, was, yeah, from the beginning to to, to have a, within the same range, different style of rum to really uh, be able to uh, to show to the people the great diversity you, you can find in, in, in the rum industry. Because, yeah... Under this single world realm, you have so many different products. Uh, it starts from the raw material, then the, the fermentation, the distillation, the aging place, the aging cask. All of these parameters and I'm forgetting uh, some others, they will influence your rums. So the idea was really to show to the people, okay, this rum is made from molasses, but uh, you can see that uh, this Jamaican rum is different from this Panamanian rum, even if they are both from the same raw materials. You right. have also the agricultural rums, which is made from a produce can. So, okay, it's again a different type of rum. So, yeah, regarding this range, uh, it starts from the sourcing. Now, uh, I'm happy I can work with distillery or brokers, uh, but the idea is always to, to, to find the high-quality grams from all the regions uh, and produce also uh, in accordance with our value. Uh, so, for instance, no sugar ID, no coloring, right. uh, and full transparency. On um, the labels, that can sometimes be uh, sometimes too, too difficult to, to read, that's why we 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 tried for the next prediction to to simplify it, but we are displaying as much as information that we we can. So yeah. yeah, how many years in tropical aging? How many years in continental continental aging? For the single cask, we are even giving the ester rate, the sugar rate, the type of cask used, and this is my philosophy. And I'm. Uh, I totally agree with this. I want to be as much as transparent with, with the customer because uh, when I drink a rum, I want to know where does it come from, yeah, uh, right. how uh, it, has, it has been produced. So, so this is my 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 conception of the, of rum. That's why uh, yeah. uh, we, we are giving all this uh, information.
0: Johan, my, my favorite thing about the the TCRL line really is that the aging on the bottle. Well, you mentioned the full transparency of everything, which is fantastic. And uh, I think that's that's really commendable for us in, in the rum hobby. We We want to see more of that and we love that you're leading with it. But specifically, something that I've seen that I haven't seen much else at all is that you're putting, you mentioned the continental and tropical aging on the labels itself. And it's very clear and present. And I love that I get to see that information and kind of go through and explore knowing that when I, when I taste the rum. So I wanted to ask if you can talk a little bit more about that idea specifically about how, not only that being on the label, but what the continental and tropical aging is doing and how you're exploring yeah. that. Why is that important to you all?
2: Yeah, the thing is, maybe the rum is a single spirit uh, that you can age in different kind of places. In fact, when you speak about whiskey, uh, a, a Scotch whiskey is always mm-hmm. aged uh, in Scotland, uh, nowhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not the case with, with rum. And uh, many rums are aged in Europe, for instance, so far away from uh, their uh, distillation place. So, just to, to sum up, tropical aging and continental aging are so different and they are really going to affect uh, differently the, the taste, the, the color. In uh, the general uh, aspect of your rum. So by tropical aging, we mean aging a room, uh, in a tropical place. Tropical place means uh, it's hot, mm-hmm. it's humid. So your under share, so the percentage of uh, evaporation each year is going to be around 8 to 10%, which mm-hmm. is quite uh, a lot by year. Uh, imagine after five years, every year you have yeah. uh, 8% that evaporates. So you mm-hmm. have almost nothing left in the cask. So, yeah, it's a big difference uh, I think it's, yeah. it's I think it's really important to, to to say to the people uh also maybe to to understand maybe wh- why uh, this rum has this price or this price because yep. of course uh, the, the production uh, is really affected by by this angel so tropical aging hot humid high angel and also we often say that the rums gonna age well, yeah three or four times uh, uh quicker compared to a continental aging. So your whole is gonna evolve much more.
0: What's yeah. the value of the continental aging then? And and talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. Let's go cool. continental aging
2: uh at the opposite means so a uh, lower temperatures and uh, not so much humidity when it depends. It can be dry or more humid, but mm-hmm. in, in any case it's gonna be less humid compared to a, a tropical weather. Uh but the continental aging is I mean when we speak like this, people can think that continual aging is not good, but it's not. It's definitely not the case. continual continual aging, uh, as also is advantages, uh, because yeah, the, your angel is lower. In fact, uh, you're gonna lose less alcohol or less water mm-hmm. uh, from the cask each year, and your uh, spirits gonna age uh, slowly. So uh, it's gonna extract less from the wood so this way you can you can control the the aging uh, easily so this is why i think that to have both tropical aging and continual aging is uh, is a good thing uh my idea is always to to have at least two or three years of tropical aging for rum because i think that the first years are the most important for the aging because this is uh when the, the rum will i would say uh Get its uh, get its structure, but then moving the cast to a continual uh, aging place. Is a good thing because you can uh, let them age uh, much more but slowly. And so this way you have a, a good balance. After mm. it, so.
1: Yeah, for me, they were they really just bring out different characteristics yeah. in the rum. So uh,
2: I don't know if you remember um, La Maison and Villiers. We, we did a, a project two years ago. The I saw event. that.
1: Yeah, it was like a, it was the same distillate age, exactly, 100% yeah. tropical and 100% continental. I oh, didn't man. get a chance to try that. I want to try um, that so bad. I remember seeing so, the pictures yeah, of
2: it. We, it was a great uh, joint project with, uh, with Care, which is a famous broker located uh, in, in the Netherlands. So the idea for this French uh, for, was to yeah to, to bottle the same liquid from, from the same distillery, same yeah. vintage, uh, one, uh, 100% uh, tropical age and the second one uh, 100% continental age. So just uh, when you looked at the spirits, one was so dark and the other one yeah. was so clear, this way you could already understand how the, the aging place will, will affect uh, your spirits. And in mm. terms of taste, I mean, just to give you a, a general, uh, uh, my general uh, feeling about this, uh, not to be not to, not to be too specific, the, the tropical one was, you know, of course, more woody with uh, more spices, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a bit more harsh, when the, the continental one was, uh, you know, quite, Light and, and floral, so and if and if it was from the same distillery, from the same raw materials, so uh, yeah, it was really a great uh, experience. So that's why. I like to have both tropical and continental aging, and uh, I think uh, right. this is a- also a way for the transcutal rum line to be unique. Uh, compared Right,
0: to the- It's kind of its thing. <laughs>
1: it allows it <laughs> yeah. allows you yeah. to kind of to exercise some sort of creative um, input into whatever you release, because mm-hmm. you're deciding, you know, how to age it in Europe, and you know what variables you want to introduce and things like that.
2: But you know, sometimes we can also, uh, most of our projects are. Uh, both tropical and continental age. But if I have a rum uh, fully tropical age that I like for the ranch, I will bottle it within the transcontinental rum line. I don't care. I did it this year for Barbados. Uh, We will do it also for uh, Panama. uh, And at the opposite, I have also uh, bottled in the past full continental age uh, rum for the the transcontinental rum line. I mean, if we can bottle... uh, uh, both tropical and continental, we can do also 100% tropical or 100% yeah. continental. We are also free to, to, right. to do it. And the idea is always to, you know, to uh, to to present the, the best one we can to our customers. Right.
0: You're not bound by the idea of having to do both continental and tropical aging within no. the line, which is great. Yeah. I wanted to mention also something that is also striking to me about the TCR line, which is the bottles. And so it's very bright coloration. It really does stand out. And it features the, the large ships on all of the bottles as well. And so that, that when I was looking at that, it came something came to mind for me that I wanted to kind of ask you about. I don't know if this is relevant or not. So I'm going to preface this heavily by saying I have no <laughs> idea if this is something that is even worth uh, thinking yeah, about dude, or if you've done it. <laughs> but so uh, there's in bourbon, there's a bourbon called Jefferson's Bourbon, and they produce a product called Aged at Sea where they claim that the barrel is being shipped there and they keep it on a, on a ship and it has a measurable effect on the flavor of the end product. And I know bourbon drinkers that swear by it and that they say, oh, my God, it makes such a difference. Has there been any experimentation with how long the rum stays on a ship itself and whether that affects the end product to any meaningful degree? No.
2: No, I mean... <laughs> plain old uh, no, Jono. You know. you're, you're wrong. <laughs>
0: um,
2: no, I mean, I, I, I know that many different brands uh, did this experiment in the past. They call it uh, dynamic uh, aging. Because the liquid that, is uh, basically ways, like, uh, it, yeah, sloshing. Like sloshing around. Yeah. yeah. I mean, f- uh, I can't say if, if uh, it has a, a real uh, effect uh, on your rum. to be honest, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's also nice for, for, uh, for marketing. Uh, right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a
1: good marketing uh, story. Yep.
2: Um, yeah, it's a good marketing story for, for sure. But to be honest, I I, I I don't know. I mean, uh, in that case, I mean, uh, you, you sh- they should age entirely uh, the, the rum right. on, on the boat, you know? Well, uh, like, uh,
0: yeah. Five it years just...
2: dynamic aging. and Right, uh, right. You know that now they're even putting some casks or, or bottles uh, in the water. Like a like a fifty meter under the as, under the I've, sea. I've heard about that. The, yeah. And the, the, so I mean, I, I like the idea of uh, some people. They are always doing new experimentations. I mean, we will always learn from this. Uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. But at least they they they, they tried but this is not my case i, I won't try this, uh, this this kind of uh, experimentation
1: but by the way on the note of the the label design are these the actual ships that the rum was transported on
2: <laughs> no or it's, it's just, you just you just you
1: just pick out pick out a different different ship
2: and ship, it came from uh, from a painting Okay, uh, and this is a painting from, from Luca. So we oh. we, we use the uh, uh, the boat, and uh, it became the symbol of uh, Transcantil Rom line. But from next year, it won't be the case anymore because we're gonna release uh, a new a new packaging. Uh, but oh. I can show it to you guys. Let me just open it. We get a
0: sneak peek, sneak
1: preview. Yeah, yes. I love it.
2: Yeah, before, before, before the TTV, guys. You are so lucky. Ooh, nice.
1: <laughs> I do one thing that I think is so interesting about the labeling is uh, this is something I think about a lot when I see producers who are very transparent about the production details. I feel like it must be a challenge to decide exactly what details you want to fit onto the label because there's this fine line between being transparent but also like you don't want to overwhelm people with information too much information And it's always seemed like such an interesting challenge for me but i feel like your bottles and the the boxes that they that they come with do a good job of presenting information that the people who are very into rum that they want to know without just Putting like a giant wall of text at people so it seems like an interesting
2: yeah of course the idea is yeah to be transparent but uh not to be uh, uh overwhelming with uh, uh many information so that's why you have a, a clear distinction be- between the car range and the single cast the single cast uh much more technical uh You're putting ester and, counts uh, you know, and things the like the that bottle, uh, cast drink, so uh in any case, it's not for ROM for, for beginners. Our idea is also, yeah, to, to, we could reduce sometimes the ROM uh, because sometimes there are a bottle at 65 ABV or even more. But uh, the idea is, in fact, to let the people play by themselves with, with the ROM. So uh, you can do your reduction directly, in fact, by yourself, by uh, adding a few drops to, mm-hmm. to your ROMs. So you can play with it. You can try it at uh, 60, 55, 40, 49.2 as you wish this is a clear de- distinction so uh,
1: i think you should be able to share your screen now by the way yes yes i can oh wow yeah so mm-hmm. we,
2: we we don't we we remove the, the former boat now it's uh, more uh, modern i would say yeah uh, and we wanted to have yeah to, to keep this uh, clear information about uh, the, the ROM. So, for instance, the Mauritius it has only been aged in, uh, in Mauritius. So, uh, uh, no question on aging, but let me right. show you uh, another one. For instance, the Jamaica. Oh, so this okay. one uh, is going to ah. be five years old. And so, yeah. four years in Jamaica and one year in Europe. We, we stopped the, we, in the past, we would have uh, written uh, four plus one. Right. Uh, but it wasn't that clear. In fact, uh, I prefer to say, okay, it's a five years old run. Four years in Jamaica. Got it. Year.
1: I noticed that the Jamaica it doesn't have the initials of the WP or the HD. Uh, <laughs> why, why did you decide to to stop doing that?
2: Uh, yeah, but, but because in fact it was already too specific. Uh, yeah, people. I mean, you, you know what it means. What, what, what
0: does it mean? Uh, Jamaica WP. WP, WP means uh, Worthy Park. HD exactly. is Hampton. Uh, Shh, that's very secret information. Though.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not afraid to, 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 to say it, but uh, yeah, in, in fact, it was useless maybe for most of the people because they, they, they didn't know what WP would mean. Hmm. And, uh, we couldn't uh, explain it uh, on the on the back label. This way, yeah, we're going to keep have a Jamaican ROM uh, within this line. And uh, I guess that uh, uh, we would be free also uh, in terms of sourcing. So this one it could be, yeah, from uh, Worthy Park, Hamden, uh, or something from a, a different uh, Jamaican distillery in the future. To be, to be transparent, this, this is going to be a Jamaica WP in the next release.
1: OK. So, uh, just removes the WP. So basically what you're saying is, in the past, if it had WP on the label, that's something on the label that is not self-explanatory. Like you kind of right. have to already know what that stands for in, in order to exactly. understand it. So that's that's interesting. So this is kind of a, a more elegant solution.
2: Yeah, um, and this way, we're going to... So within this range, uh, we have, for now, uh, three uh, continuous uh, SQs so the jamaica the panama and the australia so uh, right. they will uh, remain uh in the future so you're gonna always find in the current range a jamaican one a panamanian panamanian one sorry i have some difficulties in this one and uh, an australian one so i told you we're gonna add uh, mauritius uh mm-hmm. this year and nice. uh and also
0: Ooh, there's uh, more mm. uh,
2: yeah, the idea also is to, to, to produce more for the United States because you guys, you are such a so big country. Uh, thank, you, thank, to, you, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. To please everyone, <laughs> uh, I, I have to produce more. So, I mean, it's a good news for me. I'm not yes. complaining. <laughs> so, yeah, this one, uh, this uh, next year, you, you're going to have uh, four uh, SQs within the, the current. And I can even uh, show you one more thing.
1: So we have another Barbados as well, a six-year-old. Five yeah. years in Barbados, so is, one so year in Europe. Is, this is a, a second time. Yes, we are we are mm-hmm.
2: getting a, a Barbados from the from the, the current range. And uh, okay, last last exclusivity. So this is a single cask.
0: Ooh, yeah. ah, another Belize. And this is the single cask, like you said. So the the label looks different. You can definitely tell a difference exactly. between uh,
2: for the for the single cask. Uh, each label. Uh, they have their own boat. So uh, each label is unique. Got it. So we are working with uh, a designer in France, and uh, he's uh, editing all the, uh, he's drawing all the boats for us. And uh, yeah, he has, a, you know, a big book of boats. And so he can uh, draw every time a, a new one. So this is going to be uh, one of the US exclusive uh, single cast for
1: uh, mm. the, the Excellent. Project. And there, there have been some great, longer aged Belize rums yeah. coming to the U.S. over over the past couple of years, and I feel like it's it's something that people are really looking forward to. So that is cool to see. Um, one one thing that I wanted to ask because you talked about transcontinental one of the hallmarks of it is kind of showcasing the diversity of rum and um, putting out rum that was distilled at so many different places across the world. Um, You know, I think the the past years kind of line up, you had Panama, Australia, you had Jamaica, Fiji, Trinidad. So outside the Caribbean, different parts of the Caribbean, different styles, different traditions of rum. I'm curious knowing how do you decide what you're going to do next do you start like for example you just showed mauritius as one did you start by saying we should do something from mauritius or is it just kind of a process of constantly trying different things from around the world and when something jumps out at you then you jump on it what what does kind of the walk uh, me through the evolution is, of a release
2: this is exactly the, the last thing you said in fact uh i'm doing sourcing uh the whole year so uh I'm always looking for uh, new, new, new casks, new, new rums, new producers, new suppliers, and with uh, I, I'm tr- i I'm trying to, to to have not uh, preconceived ideas is it uh
0: mm-hmm. preconceived notions yeah. yeah okay thank you yeah
1: <laughs> like you don't want to get stuck on saying i'm doing something exactly. from this place yeah. yeah yeah so i
2: have some continued continuous projects such as the jamaica's the australia and the and the, and the panama uh-huh. uh, so but i know that i can source them quite easily directly from a, a distillery or from a from a broker and uh, after this i'm just open to any opportunities uh, for the Mauritius, uh, I started to to speak with this distillery They sent me uh, some samples. Okay, I tried them with my team. They were like, "Okay, guys, this is nice, this is good. Let's buy it." And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, from the beginning, I knew more or less that it will be for the transcontinental uh, rum line range. But uh, in the future, I will still uh, I will continue to work with this distillery and see if we can do uh, maybe some single cast. In the future, what I can tell you is now I'm in discussion with uh, an Asian distillate. Uh, so, uh, mm. uh, yeah, we, we might have in the future uh, Asian rum. Uh, maybe, maybe Thailand
1: maybe. or Japan or somewhere <laughs> like that.
2: Yeah, somewhere
1: else.
2: That helps. We can keep, narrow it just down. Keep, just keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just want to, to diversify uh, our stock and uh, with yeah no, no preconceived notion and if the rum is good, and, uh, and we think that we, we can work on it and, and do something. Yeah, we, we, we just buy it.
1: So you mentioned in there working directly with distilleries. You also mentioned brokers. I think in a past interview, you've you've been transparent about, you know, you guys sometimes uh, buy, buy things from e a Shear, Maine Rum, places like that. So it, are the products that are currently on the market, is it a pretty good mix of things that you have purchased directly from a distillery and things you have purchased from those third-party, you know, bulk rum suppliers?
2: I would say that from the start of this range uh, most of the runs they were sourced directly from a broker because I mean it was uh, easier to do because mm-hmm. uh, I mean scarce in fact to my mind this is such a great company I mean uh, they have built uh, relationships with uh, this from uh, uh, all around the world oh, yeah. they are able to, 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 to offer you so different type of forms of origin so I mean I really don't have a, a, a bad uh, perception about feeling about brokers in fact we, we do need them. I, and I'm just not talking about myself and uh, La Maison Vellier. I'm talking about the, the rum industry in general. They have a, mm-hmm. uh, a great role uh, within uh, the, this industry. Uh, so, yeah, at, in the beginning, most of the rum, they were directly sourced from, uh, from brokers. And uh, since I, I took over the, the rum sourcing, so I would say, uh, yeah, almost uh, two years ago now, Mm-hmm. Uh, I really trying. I'm really trying to, 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 to work uh, directly with with this sometimes it can be more difficult because you know, uh, depending where they are located, right. uh, it can be quite difficult to you know to, 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 to preserve the room and then to uh, to ship it to our warehouse in, in France. Uh, but it's it's a good difficulties. I mean, uh, uh, if I can buy directly from the distillery, I can have a close relationship with them, and sometimes, uh, maybe in the future, we will be able to, to develop specific rum for, for our range. Uh, right. So we, we can work on the uh, type of distillation, maybe on the type of fermentation. I mean, uh, it takes time, you know, to, to build this relationship, but it uh, has, he has to, to start at one point, and uh, now, yeah, I can buy directly my, my rum this, from this Mauritius yesterday. Uh, I'm super happy. And uh, uh, I can say that the, the producer is quite happy too because by bottling this rum within my range, you're going to get access to the U.S. market. And sometimes right. uh, mm-hmm. those, are, those are smaller brands. It can be difficult for them to enter a new market. And to my mind, this is a, a, a win-win between them and me because I have access to a new rum and they have access to a, to a new market. So mm-hmm. this is why also I think that the independent bottler for both rum and whiskey and different spirits they have a a good role to to do in this in this industry because within the same range we are able to to, to present different style of rum which is not possible for official brands.
1: Yeah, I, I would also imagine like if you're um, I'll use I'll I'll keep using the Australia example, but if you are Ben Lee, which we've we've had um we've had Steve from Ben Lee on the podcast before. Uh, yeah, but if you, business. yeah, great guy. Yeah. If, if you were Ben Lee though, having the opportunity to have um, a product like this TCR release in the U.S. market with your distillery's name on it, like getting in front of U.S. customers already, I could see how that would be uh, a big advantage. You know, if if eventually they want to bring their own distillery brands to the U.S. market, so there's already some awareness and maybe a little australia binley rum following here in the us that's been helped uh, developed by things like the tcRL release so it is it is kind of a cool relationship
2: yeah the tcRL australia is uh, is, a, is a perfect example uh our first release uh, was done uh, two years ago so first mm-hmm. in europe and then uh, in the united states and uh many people at that time they, they didn't didn't even know they were producing rum uh, mm-hmm. on the island uh, and binley is the old, oldest operating uh, distillery in, uh, in australia i mean it's really part of the Grammy story. In fact, yeah, yeah, uh, it's yeah.
1: been around for and, a uh, long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And I mean, not so many people knew about it. Right. And uh, as La Maison Envelie, we are really happy, you know, to to release uh, two joint bottlings uh, with Binley this year. Uh, I don't know if you heard about it. We we did a Binley 2006 uh, and a Binley 2015. Uh, yes, unfortunately, I, saw, I saw those releases. We saw recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Europe, uh, not not yet in the US. And they had great success so far. And I do believe that the t Australia bottlings helped us to, to build this relationship with the distillery. I'm hoping that, yeah, it could also help Binley and, uh, and their brands in the, in the future. Because, yeah, Steve Margari and his whole team they are doing such a great uh, work. And I'm really happy that people now know about uh, uh, Australian brands. Uh, one of our uh, main... Uh, uh, independent uh, brand competitor is releasing uh, Australian rum this year. So I mean,
1: trendsetters. I, 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 mean, <laughs> I said you got you guys are trendsetters.
2: I mean, to to my mind, this is a a great success that to uh-huh. see that we have yeah. more and more Australian rum uh, in, in, in in on the market. Yeah. Uh, same with the Fijian, right. uh, with with the rum from Fiji. I mean, uh, this, this is to my mind one of my best discoveries the last two years. Rum from Fiji, is the Fijian rum. I mean, it's a bit like the Jamaican rum It's amazing. Or the it's pretty fantastic. Rom, yeah, yeah. They have, they have their their own style, and they are doing such a great one. I mean, I was astonished by the uh, the Fiji rum, and I, I was so happy to to, to have them within the Tisular rum line. I still have some cask beside in our warehouse. But yeah, I will uh, maybe keep them a, a little bit more before releasing them because uh, it's started to be uh, quite difficult uh, to 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 get some uh, some Fijian rum now. But yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe in the future uh, they will, they will uh, produce more of it.
0: Johan, I want to kind of shift gears a little bit. So we're talking about bringing things into the US market that are had not been there previously, which we're very thankful for. But there's another angle to this of what you're doing with this line that I think is really important and interesting for us as rum hobbyists as well, which is that you're bringing in rums from Central America and other places typically associated with Spanish colonies that usually have added additives or added sugar to them in other bottlings and and, uh, other lines that are available. But as you mentioned, TCRL never has any additives. So what you're, you're able to do is you're bringing in these rums, like say from Panama, that don't have any additives that allow us to experience those distillates without that which I think is a huge thing because we really just don't get enough opportunity with that here in the U.S. market. I, I don't know if it's elsewhere the same, but I was curious in, in thinking about that. First of all, thank you for doing that because I think that's <laughs> that's really awesome and I love it. Um, but when you talk to like those producers and those distilleries um, from those places about the TCR line, what it's doing, what it's about. Is that a point of discussion with them early on in talking about, look, we're not doing anything to this, we're not adding anything? Does that ever come up or how does that go?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, every time I speak directly with, uh, with a distillery uh, in order to choose ROM, I will always uh, introduce my, the, the two brands uh, I'm in charge of, Transcontinental ROM Line and uh, Home of the World. And I'm always saying, okay, guys, these are values. Yeah, no added, no adulteration, no added trigger, no no coloring. I mean, we just want to bottle your rum, uh, just at itself, and uh, and present it to to the people, so you can have the right ideas, uh, the right idea about your 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 rum and and your production. Uh, let me show you. I, I show you uh, the front table of the release, right. but let me show you the back label. Quite simple, but you know we are giving the sugar rate, the ester rate. Okay, there is zero uh, 0.9 uh, gram of uh, sugar by uh, by liters, but we didn't add it to the rum. This is just the the sugar within the cask.
0: In fact, right, uh, wood and, sugars uh, or whatever that is, are basically. Well, explain that to me. So how does that happen that you have the 0.8 grams per liter there with no additives?
2: Because, for instance, this, this rum was aged uh, in a bourbon cask. So Got it. a bourbon cask also, uh, a cask is done, you know, you, you're going to burn inside uh, the, the cask. And so you 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 have, in fact, some sugar remaining in, in, in the wood. And uh, this is uh, which also going to give you uh, this vanilla taste uh, by mm-hmm. burning the... The, the wood, and also when you you edge uh, some bourbon in it before, I'm not saying that there is a sugar uh, in the bourbon, but at one point there is some sugar that's gonna be stuck in the in the wood, and when you're gonna change the liquid and put some fresh rum in it, uh, mm-hmm. the wood is gonna release some extract, right? It. So some sugar, some uh, yeah. some vanilla flavor, and some of the stuff that's gonna give some aromas and some colors to to, to your rum. So by uh, giving this number, we just want to say, okay, guys, there is, there's might be some some sugar in this yes. room, but uh, it doesn't come from us. And this is normal, in fact, uh, to have uh, just a little bit of sugar because it's right. due to the aging, in fact. Right. We won't put this information on the coverage, for, for instance, because it's already too technical. But I think that on the single cask range, we can disclose this information so uh, people, so both uh, professionals and customers can understand that yeah, you can have some rum within your sugar, but naturally you don't need to to add some uh, some other sugar in it. Uh, I don't know if you you know about this from this year in in Europe when a rum has more than twenty, 20 grams right of yeah sugar by uh by liter, it's no longer a rum. It's a spirit a spirit drink, right? Made with rum, and uh, wow, I think this yeah. is it was so important to to have this law so Huge, people can. Yeah. Uh, can understand, okay, rum doesn't have to, doesn't need to have sugar in it. You can add it, but this way, maybe it's not uh, rum, it's more a liqueur. Or, mm-hmm. or or cream, also some stuff different. I agree, uh, it was a, a great news to to have this uh, this low uh, pathing this year in, in
1: in Europe. Do you remember what the what was there a limit on that before? Like, was it previously at forty or something like that, and they lowered it, no, or is there, this there the was, first time yeah. they've put a limit on it?
0: This is this is the first time. Okay, that's a big deal. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's interesting talking about this label you're showing us. It says zero point eight grams per liter sugar, which you were saying is kind of sugars that come through naturally during the aging process is a very, very tiny amount. But I know there there are lots of rum enthusiast websites out there that have done their own little hydrometer readings and mm-hmm. put up, you know, the grams per liter amount of additives that are in the rum. And there's always a little note on many of those websites that say, like, if it's in the zero to five Grams per liter range. It's probably just kind of like naturally occurring stuff, which is exactly what you were talking about there. Um, it's interesting looking at this label. The one type of information that might be interesting for people to know from some distilleries that I don't see on here is the mark the the rum is or if it's a blend of marks like say from uh like a distillery like worthy park for example they have the worthy park light mark they have the worthy park medium did you ever consider adding which rum mark is in the bottle or is that something that is just maybe too technical or is it information you might not always have
2: i think it's yeah, I think it's maybe too technical. Maybe in the future, uh, I would add the column, uh, the, the steel. So if it's a column steel, pot steel, single wooden spot steel, more for blend. instance, from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or. But I think that um, the mark uh, first it's uh, mostly for the Jamaican and Guyanian rum, and uh, we have already uh, a brand for this, uh, which is habitation Vidi, which right, is right. more, uh, technical and. Uh, so I think this is the right range to to disclose all this information. Uh, I wanted to to disclose some technical details for the transcontinental rail line single cask, but uh, if you want. To to be much more technical, we have yeah the Habitation Valley range. We have the uh, National Realm of Jamaica mm-hmm. range also. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I, I don't know if you uh, you see the Vale two thousand six, Cambridge two thousand five, uh, etc. Uh, which uh, disclose the marks and the esterate, right. the uncheck shares also. Yeah, is not as technical as Habitation Valley and uh, the brands. So uh, yeah, I don't want to disclose too 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 many information
1: that brings up an interesting subject kind of that I wanted to ask you about because if you look at La Maison Velier as a whole, there's lots of rum being released between both companies. you know you're focused on TCRL you just also mentioned you know Velier has a habitation velier. Uh, they, they have national rums of jamaica so and and you mentioned how those cover rum in a different way maybe from how you're doing it at tcRL and i was interested do you do you coordinate at all between these various brands to make sure you don't have too much overlap in terms of the type of rum you're releasing or is each brand kind of free to do its own thing uh, yes of course
2: there's just some coordination but in fact all the Habitation related bottlings, for instance, the National Rum of Jamaica, those are quite uh, limited bottling. Yeah, you don't have so yep. many uh, bottles produced. When the, the for the, the the car range, the transcontinental car range, I'm going to produce, uh, uh, yeah, around uh, three uh, thousand bottles for uh, the Jamaica, Australia, Panama, which is not so much. In fact, for the US market, so mm-hmm. I really want to to uh, expand expand the growth uh, in in the next year, but. Just in terms of figures, they are so different. So, yeah, the Veilliers, the various product, they are yeah, only limited edition. The uh, so Same for Habitation velier Caroni, uh, yeah, National Room of Jamaica, etc. So uh, this way, there is never some overlap or stuff like this because it's not even the same public.
1: Right. You're kind of, you're each kind of have your unique specialization and, and viewpoint of what you're doing for that particular brand in different markets different exactly. different batch sizes things like that so but the,
2: the, the idea in, in the future is also you know to coordinate our, ourselves in terms of uh, ram sourcing because you know luca, luca he, he has a great relationship with uh, so many distilleries in the mm-hmm. world so yeah I, I hope that in the future we'll be able to, to work uh, together but i mean now i'm still a you you know a rookie so i have to to evolve by myself and to to build my network, uh, just by myself. Of course, now uh, nobody knows uh, Joanne but they're going, to,
1: the... yeah, <laughs> they're going to though.
2: Yeah, going to. Maybe the, the next uh, few years yeah, they will know me. But I mean, I don't want to be famous. This is not I wanted uh, <laughs> I to, to say.
1: But uh, you say, you're an introvert, like you said. So yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But I just, you know, want to to be known in the rum industry as a, a guy who is producing uh, good rums, and uh, this will be a, a great victory for me.
1: Right. Yeah. It's also, it sounds like a good reason for you to, to to start visiting as many of these distilleries
0: in person as possible, right? Exactly. And speaking of travel, actually, uh, Joanne, I was going to mention that I, I am uh, traveling to Paris in March, or I should say, you know, God willing, and, and the Rona doesn't rise. Uh, I will be traveling to Paris in March. So I, I wanted to ask you since uh, you know that scene over there and I know we already talked about La Maison du Whiskey as a, a primary location, but I was hoping to hear more about the rum scene in France and, and a little bit about where I should go, what we should do in France and also... Will? We'll, yeah,
1: I, I, I also wanted to shout out, we got a, an email from a listener named Scott yes. who is who has a trip to Paris planned as well and he reached out and he said, you know, I know about La Maison du Whisky, but are there any other places as a rum lover, I need to be sure to check out while I'm there. And I said, Scott, I've never been to France before, but I am going to go to the people who know about this, and I'm going to get recommendations from them. So, uh, Johann, Johan Jo Bello, we we'd love that to, Yeah, we'd love to get your rum <laughs> well, recommendations so guys, for Paris.
2: If, if you're coming in uh, in March, uh, I, I would love to, to welcome you and, uh, oh. and uh, to, uh, to 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 bring you some uh, some good places in Paris. So yeah, we can. We could uh, go by uh, La Maison Whiskey retail shop when when where, where I used to work because they really have a great rum selection. But uh, of course, we 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 have some uh, rum uh, specialized bar uh, bars in, in Paris such as uh, Bar uh, 1802. They have a great selection, great rum selection. Okay. Uh We have the, the Dirty Dick, which is a kind of cocktail bar. When mm-hmm. what are gonna do? Uh, uh, all these um, tiki cocktails, etc. So yeah, yeah. Just let me know when you're in Paris, and I will uh, I make you a full list, and you uh, will be able to to visit many places. Wow, and, uh,
1: that's yeah, hospitality. Um, we, have a nice, we have
2: a nice cocktail scene in 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 Paris, and yeah, um, the rum is starting to to have a yeah to be recognized by uh, all the bartenders, and uh, so they are more and more willing to, to work uh, this product in
0: fact I'm well, looking forward to that and, and Scott hopefully uh, 1802 and and the other uh, places and, and of course, du whiskey you'll get to the, those and we can talk about that yeah but no
2: problem if you want just after the interview if Scott is coming to France soon. Uh, I can uh, write you down uh, a list of uh, yeah, that'd be perfect. To, to, to yeah, we'll get you in touch with really. uh, for, sure, for sure. And we for can sure. we can awesome. put
1: it we can put it in the show notes for the episode as well. Yeah. Um. So, a couple more things to hit real quick before we go. One one thing I've noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there has been a transcontinental rum line release from a Martinique distillery. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. Correct. Correct. So, correct. so jo- uh, Johan.
1: Be- being from Martinique, I want to say let's imagine for a second that you can go to Martinique, you can have access to any distillery you like there, nothing is off limits, and you can take a barrel for your own TCRL release. Where are you going to go check out? What distillery are you going to go to first, and where are you going after that?
2: Uh, I mean, yeah, my, my favorite distillery in Martinique is Nesson, mm. but. Uh, I will never be able to, uh, to get from from them and to bottle it uh, within the transcontinental run life. You can be sure about this. Uh, I mean, this would be my dream, but uh, impossible, impossible. Is yeah. that is
1: is it hard to get from them just because of existing relationships they have with with other companies or do they mostly keep everything for themselves?
2: But for for Vincent, Nesson, uh, to to speak about them, uh, they are uh, the, the the smallest uh, rum distillery in, uh, in Martinique. Okay, so in fact, they yeah. are not producing uh, so so much. Uh, a lot of their white rum is uh, directly uh, drink on the island. Right, uh, they are producing some old rum. But yeah, they, 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 they don't have enough to, to, to sell. And this is definitely not part of their strategy. Right. Uh, but I mean, we did some Guadeloupe in the past, especially for the US. We did a Guadeloupe yeah, 2014. Pretty uh-huh.
0: fantastic. I loved it. Yeah.
2: But this was a uh, molasses rum, it was not uh, agriculture.
1: Yeah. Is the Mauritius going to be from cane juice? No, molasses. Uh, okay. But I'm, I, uh-huh. I'm, I'm
2: working on uh, I'm, uh, purchasing some uh, cane juice rum from Mauritius too. Okay, excellent. Yeah, hopefully in the future, I'll be able to bottle uh, bottle it. But let me show you one last uh, label. Uh, Unfortunately, guys, it won't be for you. It's going to be for Europe. Okay. But uh, this is one of the next uh, transcontinental online reviews.
1: Ooh, is this a blend from
2: multiple countries? So, uh, no, in fact, it's it's just because of of the law. The company uh, sold sold it to me as a French West Indies rum. I mean, uh, I'm 19% sure it's from Martinique, but okay. I'm not allowed to, to to write it. So it's an but undisclosed... At least, at least it's an agricole rum.
0: It does so, say uh, agricultural rum, yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, and it's
2: a very old rum. It's a VO, so it's a okay. three years old minimum. But uh, it's not; it don't have a vintage uh, like the the other rum. So this is the first time we're gonna release the agricultural rum with this uh, the transcontinental rum line, and I'm, uh, I'm quite proud of it because this this was one of my main uh, challenge uh, this year. Hopefully, uh, from next year, we'll be able to to write on the label Martinique or
1: Yeah, well, I, that's that's awesome, and I'm sure that's a really cool moment for you to be able to do that. And and for yeah. those those listening, this label that, that Johan is showing us, it just says French West Indies. Um, and as he said, it's marked uh, VO and says agricole Rum. So we don't know exactly where it was from, but most likely from Martinique. Uh, and this will be for the Europe market. So that's really exciting. That and is uh, Johan, I know at the beginning of the call, you said that if someone had told you four years ago what you would be doing now, you wouldn't have believed them. So all I'm saying is, you know, with Nissan, anything is possible. You never know. You never know what could happen. (laughs) So maybe four years from now, you'll be doing Transcontinental Rum Line uh, from Nissan.
2: I mean, uh, my my boss, Luca, uh, already did this great performance this year. Uh, He managed to bottle uh, three different rum from Nissan. Uh, within the the velier bottle, yeah. Okay. Uh, so this is already uh, amazing, and uh, uh, you know Luca is always uh, trying some new uh, experimentation. So these bottlings, so these three bottlings, they are so the same rum, uh, same age, but three different warehouses. So the 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 idea uh, was uh, a bit like the ESVM range to show how just the, the aging place and they are all in Martinique. But just different warehouse,
1: Oh, very cool. One is
2: more humid, one is more dry, etc. And just to show to the people how just the aging place uh, within the main place, uh, the, the same country can uh, affect the taste of uh, of Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, But I mean, never say never. But uh, I really doubt that uh, I will be able to to bottle a, a Nesson. Uh, in the future, but I mean, if I can get any uh, run from Martinique uh, for this run, I would be super happy. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, our fingers are crossed uh, yes. for, for that to happen for you. But um, Johan, we want to say thanks so much for for taking the time to join us today. We don't want to keep you too long. Uh, but before you go we do have a tradition on the Rumcast. We have a special segment that we always save for the end of our interviews called the Rapid Fire Round that my co-host, John Gullah, comes up with these questions. I never know what okay. he's going to think of next. <laughs> um, but if you're up for the challenge, I'll have John tell you about that now.
2: I'm I'm, I'm up. I mean, I, I was ready for it. I, I knew that uh, it would come uh, because it was indicated on, on your document, so uh, I'm ready, whatever awesome
0: will sometimes i don't know what's coming next I, out of I my know. own mouth yeah, so know. that's where it's dangerous i know <laughs> uh, so john we're gonna give you this uh, rapid fire you're gonna have uh, just small prompts and you want quick short answers as best you can do to get to um but you know there as much as there's rules there's no rules here so uh <laughs> do do what feels natural to you here and uh will's gonna put that minute let me know when we're ready yeah so i have 60 seconds on the clock and go all right. Neat or on the rocks? Neat. Column, pot, or blend? Pot. Aged or unaged? Unaged. Okay. Mm-hmm. Molasses or cane juice? Ah, cane juice. saw that one. Your eyes way. got so yeah. wide at first. <laughs> <laughs> As a b-ball fan, I know you're into sports. Would you prefer Miami Heat or San Antonio Spurs? Ghosters, you know, yeah. Really. Go Spurs, oh, go. No, no. <laughs> heat. Sorry, wrong answer. Uh, your favorite person to share a bottle of great rum with? Kate Perry. Kate Perry. Yeah, I knew that Shout was coming. Shout out, Kate. I <laughs> um, Okay, here's a tough one for you: Martinique or France? Yeah, Martinique. But it's okay. All right. You're like, yeah, not that bad. Not that hard. <laughs> uh, name a place outside of the Caribbean you feel is making incredible rum right now. Ooh, tough. Uh, oh, yeah. Fiji. Fiji. Fiji Fiji, right good That's answer. right, all right Countries within Europe I've noticed recently Have a burgeoning rum distillation scene Now I've seen it happening Might we ever see An intracontinental rum line, maybe? <laughs> Something made within Europe And traveling Maybe by trains? Why not? <laughs> Why not? That's <laughs> That's a good, good answer Why, Why not? Why
1: not? That's time <laughs> All right
0: Excellent. Oh. Well,
2: super easy, super easy. Yeah, I, I, I could keep uh, five minutes more. On this. <laughs>
0: oh wow! We'll jo- have Johan, you you, on.
1: you 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 earned some points with me for for choosing the Spurs. I don't know if you can see it on my wall behind me, but that's actually that's Tim Duncan back there on my wall. So oh,
2: oh, yeah, I'm man, a Joe, big Spurs fan. Yeah,
1: man.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, they're not doing so so well right now. I was but, just saying. I know. Yeah, know. What's so, the I mean, Heat record right uh, now, Will? Yeah, huh? but a real fan is is always su- supporting his team in good and in bad times and uh so yeah goes first I mean I, I love the hit I love the, the culture uh you you do the you did a great recruitment this year you have you have a great five uh but yeah goes first
1: yeah exactly <laughs> a man after my own heart well thanks again Johan, yes, so much thanks, for Johan. for hanging out with thanks, us yeah today. I mean
2: uh I didn't uh, see the the, 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 the time uh, going on uh it was it was a great talk with you uh, I didn't feel like it was an interview
1: oh good yeah
2: uh, um, you know, even if uh, it's not my my mother tongue, so uh, sorry for uh, uh, the, the the mistakes. Uh, I, I you you done, made uh, you made no uh, mistakes. No, you're good. Your man. English is great. I hope I was I hope I was understandable uh, yeah. at, uh, a, a little bit for, for your your listener. You definitely and, were. Uh, you should, should hear my
0: French, Johan.
2: <laughs> 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 but uh, I lo- you know I love speaking. Uh, to to speak about roms and uh, also uh, especially with passionate people uh, like you so uh, so yeah feel free to to invite me 2022 Uh, I mean I I would uh, come back uh, really uh, happily it it was a great time with you guys so uh, I really enjoyed my, my Sunday
0: thank you
1: All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rumcast. Uh, if you want to learn more about Transcontinental Rum Line uh, and, and what they're up to, we've got some links in the show notes. I'm also uh, going to try to put some links in the show notes to some of those places in Paris that that Johan mentioned. So check those out on your next overseas trip. And we ho- we, we really do hope that uh, if you're in the States, that you have a happy Thanksgiving weekend, that you get to spend some time with family and relax relax. relax a little bit and uh and yeah wherever you are in the world we hope you take some time to to just reflect and and uh think about the the things to be grateful for it's always a good exercise but uh but john in the meantime between now and our next episode uh where can they find us online how can people interact with us how can they share what they are thankful for from a run perspective
0: yeah, I was going to say, you know, one more thing that I'm thankful for is all of the people that uh, are writing in and commenting and talking to us about uh, the stuff that they enjoy with rum Absolutely. or that they find interesting and uh, things that they want us to talk about more. So uh, you can do that over on our social media accounts. Uh, it's at the RumCast on Instagram or Facebook. Or Twitter now you can also find us on YouTube or if you just want to use the old-fashioned email you can do that too at host at rumcast.com so that's my favorite uh, (laughs) any of those ways that you want to get in touch with us uh, you want to tell us what you're thankful for in rum you want to tell us uh what what we should be talking about next give us a shout out and we love to hear it and let us know what you think of the podcast as well so thank you all so much again for listening and thank you all for taking this rum journey with us we're thankful for you yeah All right, until next time, we'll see ya.